So right now I want to invite us to open up God's word together this morning as we look into what he has to speak into our lives. And the scripture for this morning is from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 19 in the New Testament of the Bible, second half of the Bible, kind of towards the end. Vamos a mirar primero de Pedro 4, versículos 12 al 19. And I'm going to read this in English first, and then we'll read the same thing in Spanish. Voy a comenzar leyendo en inglés, después en español. And I want you to have your Bibles ready, because we're going to be looking at some other scriptures that tie into this particular text, and we'll want you to be able to reference those as well. So tengan sus Biblias listas para mirar otro texto también. So this is the word of the Lord. Let's pay close attention to what it says. Prestemos atención a la palabra del Señor. Peter is writing. He says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Queridos hermanos, no se extrañen del fuego de la prueba que están soportando como si fuera algo insólito. Al contrario, alégrense de tener parte en los sufrimientos de Cristo para que también sea inmensa su alegría cuando se revele la gloria de Cristo. Dichosos ustedes si los insultan por causa del nombre de Cristo, porque el glorioso Espíritu de Dios reposa sobre ustedes. Que ninguno tenga que sufrir por asesino, ladrón o delincuente, ni siquiera por entrometido. Pero si alguien sufre por ser cristiano, que no se avergüence sino que alabe a Dios por llevar el nombre de Cristo. Porque es tiempo de que el juicio comience por la familia de Dios y si comienza por nosotros, ¿cuál no será el fin de los que se rebelan contra el Evangelio de Dios? Si el justo a duras penas se salva, ¿qué será del impío y del pecador? Así pues, los que sufren según la voluntad de Dios, entreguense a su fiel Creador y sigan practicando el bien. So uh, I've just realized that it's been almost 40 years since I began my college career, since I was a college student. Hace 39 años fui estudiante en la universidad. 39 years, next year will be 40. That's a long time ago. And it's sometimes a little fuzzy in my mind, but there are other times when I can remember very well what that experience was like. A veces recuerdo bien esa experiencia, the whole experience of, you know, attending classes, taking tests, uh, uh, writing papers, that kind of thing. Recuerdo lo que era estudiar, sufrir exámenes, etc. Four intense years. 
And I can tell you it wasn't easy. No fue nada fácil. And yet at the same time, I can look back on those four years of my life and say, wow, I matured a lot. I grew a lot in knowledge, in, uh, in a character as well. Crecí en el carácter, en, en la madurez. But as I think back about those times, I realize, probably clearer today, that back in college, and I'm sure it's almost true today, there were really only two kinds of students. Hay dos tipos de estudiantes en la universidad. There were those who worked best under pressure, a los que trabajaban mejor bajo la presión, and then there were those who worked only under pressure. Había los que solo trabajaban bajo la presión. What's the difference? Well, the ones who worked best under pressure, uh, they would faithfully attend classes day in and day out. They kept up on their reading assignments. Uh, they would make sure that homework was turned in on time and they were always after it. Seguían la rutina de clases y, y trabajos y exámenes. They were after it day in and day out. And here's the thing for those guys, the pressure was constant. Always pressure, always the next thing. Había una presión constante para estos, but Really, it gave the best result. Those were the students that learned the most. They were the ones that grew. Esos estudiantes aprendían mucho. Now, for those who worked only under pressure, los que solo trabajaban bajo la presión, most days were days of luxury. Right? Sleep in late, skip class, watch TV, play video games, meals provided. Can you believe you just show up at the cafeteria? Dormían tarde, tenían comida provista. Parties on the weekend, right? All of that. And that's what most days were. But then came exam time, midterms, finals. And that's when those people would plunge into crisis mode. Eso se metían en el modo de crisis. They were studying all night long. They were drinking coffee by the pot full. Estudiaban toda la noche. They were going to the ones who worked best under pressure and asking for notes. And, and they were, you know, they, they were in this mode of sweating bullets in order to cram as much information into their heads at the last minute possible. Intentían, intentaban embutir la cabeza de tanta información como posible. And what was the result? El resultado? A little bit of learning and a lot of failure. That was the result. Poco aprendizaje y mucho fracaso. Now why am I doing this? I'm not just trying to reminisce about my college days, I'm realizing that in the Christian life, whether we realize it or not, we are students. We are enrolled in a course, the course of Jesus. Estamos matriculados como cristianos, como estudiantes. In fact, in the New Testament, of the Bible, the word disciple in the original language literally means a learner, an apprentice, a student. Un discípulo es un aprendiz, un estudiante. 
We're called to be students of Jesus and we're in a course that is designed to make us mature in our faith. It's a course that's designed to put us into the shape of Jesus, something we've been talking a lot about this year, being reshaped by Jesus into his image. Estamos en un curso para ser remodelados a la imagen de Jesús. And we need to understand that while we're in this course, there is going to be pressure. Habrá presión. Now we can deny the pressure, pretend it's not there and live whatever way we want, a life of luxury, a life of fun, a life of pressure, a pleasure. Podemos negar la presión or we can somehow embrace that pressure and learn how to live with it. Podemos abrazar la presión. Choice is really ours. But here in 1 Peter chapter 4, our scripture for today, what we have here, I think, is really a college-intensive course on dealing with the pressures of the Christian life. It's packed into a very small space. Aquí tenemos un curso universitario de lo que es el sufrimiento. It's a course really on suffering. And there are lessons in here that are designed to help us. If we will understand these lessons and learn from them, then this is a way of helping us to best live as disciples under the pressures that we find in our world. Son lecciones para ayudarnos. And so these lessons, the key to each lesson, I think, is that there is a command for each lesson. There's an exhortation or an instruction that begins each lesson. Hay una, un mandato, una exhortación para cada lección. So I want to go through this with you today. And, and follow along with me. We're going to be looking for the commands in these verses. So the first command of lesson number one is in verse 12. El mandato de lección una está en versículo 12. And it's simply this. Do not be surprised. No se extrañe. Do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. No se extrañe en el fuego de la prueba que están soportando como si fuera algo insólito. So what Peter is saying here uh, is that in the Christian life, you need to write it down, there are going to be tests. There are going to be trials in the Christian life. pruebas. In fact, he says there are going to be fiery tests, fiery ordeals that will sometimes come upon you. So don't get caught with your pants down. Don't be surprised. No se sorprendan. This is the voice of experience speaking here, you know, because this is the Apostle Peter. He's the one who on the night that Jesus was arrested had a big test. And he failed it. He was surprised. Do you know this Jesus? Surely you're one of them. Don't know the guy. Fue sorprendido Pedro la noche del arresto de Jesús. Negó su conocimiento del Señor. He failed that test. He's saying, don't be surprised. There will be pop quizzes of your faith along the way, but there's a foundational truth that we need to recognize with that. Hay una verdad para reconocer, and that is that these trials that come upon us, we must not think them strange, Peter says, because the purpose of these tests, the purpose of these trials is not so we fail, the purpose is so that we can succeed. El propósito es para que tengamos éxito. I want to turn to earlier in Peter's book, in 1 Peter chapter 1, 7, Peter here is talking about trials. And he says, these trials have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved 
genuine. El oro, aunque perecerero, se acrisola al fuego, así también la fe de ustedes, que vale mucho más que el oro, al ser acrisolada por la prueba, demostrará que es digna de aprobación. There's a word picture that's coming out here. It's saying our faith is like gold in the fire. Nuestra fe es como oro en el fuego. Gold in the fire is not going to get burnt up. El oro no se consume en el fuego. What happens to gold in the fire? It doesn't burn up, but the impurities of the gold burn out, and they burn off. Se queman las impurezas. And so Peter's saying you need to understand that there are going to be trials, and it's going to be hot, and it's going to be fiery, but the purpose is not to consume you or to burn you up. It's to burn off the impurities. And that's not bad. That's good. So bueno. So the command of lesson two on top of that is simply this. Rejoice. Alegrense, ese segundo mandamiento de la lección dos. Look at verse 13. Rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Dice en el versículo 13, al contrario, alegrense por tener parte de los sufrimientos de Cristo para que también sea inmensa su alegría cuando se revele la gloria de Cristo. So if we know that trials are going to come, if we know there are going to be pop quizzes, and if we're ready, if we take the time to prepare, if we are uh, on the lookout for these things, then we can be actually confident and have joy in the face of them. I can remember in college, I never looked forward to a test in college. Nunca anticipaba con, con emoción un examen en la universidad. But I can remember those days when I knew I had studied. I knew I knew the material. I knew what it was going to be like because I knew the professor and the kind of questions the professor was going to ask. And I'm coming into the room. It's not like I'm, yippee, I get to take a test today. But it's like, you know what, I got this. I know I can do this because I've done the homework. And there was a certain amount of joy there. Había un poco de gozo porque estaba preparado para un examen. I think there's something similar going on here. It says you can rejoice. And then there's another truth here that's connected with this. You can rejoice in suffering, Peter is saying, because in suffering, we have an opportunity to actually get closer to Jesus Christ. We have an opportunity to be more intimately connected with him because in suffering he says you participate in the sufferings of Christ and el sufrimiento dice que tenemos parte de los sufrimientos de Cristo in other words the pain that we go through when life is hard in a way we have an opportunity maybe we don't always take it but we have an opportunity to connect our pain with the much greater pain that Jesus went through when he died on the cross for our sins and that brings us closer in love for our Lord and what he's done for us el dolor que sufrimos nos atrae a Cristo que sufrió por nosotros in fact Peter says not only will you have some joy in your sufferings if you identify with Jesus you are going to be overjoyed someday vas a tener gozo en abundancia why because you see where there's suffering and where's the, where there's a cross with Jesus there's always a resurrection con la cruz hay una resurrección We suffer now, but there's a victory coming. When the glory of God's going to be revealed, you're going to be overjoyed that you were ready and that you walked through the test with the Lord's help. Pasa tener gozo en abundancia. So, lesson two. In fact, in James chapter 1, 2, and 3, we're told that. James 1, 2, 3 says, Consider it pure joy, 
my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Considérense muy dichoso cuando tenga que enfrentarse con diversas pruebas, pues ya saben que la prueba de su fe produce constancia. The command of lesson three is in verse 16. Versículo 16, la lección 3. If you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed. Si sufres por ser cristiano, que nadie se avergüence. Do not be ashamed, it says. No te avergüences. You know, when we go through hard times, when we go through difficulties, we all have. It feels bad. We feel bad. It can be so humbling. But this is saying you, you may be humbled by something that's difficult, but you don't have to be humiliated. Puede ser humillado, pero no avergonzado por lo que sufres. Shame, humiliation is going to come when you're doing something wrong. That's a response to doing something bad. La vergüenza viene de hacer algo malo. Don't go there, Peter says in verse 15. If you suffer, it should not be in that way as a murderer or thief or any kind of criminal or even as a meddler. Uh, dice Pedro, si sufres, uh, no debe ser como uh, ladrón, asesino, delincuente. Don't, don't suffer for doing stupid stuff. If you're going to suffer, do it for the right reason. In fact, in verse 14, he says, you don't need to be ashamed because if you're insulted because of the name of Christ, it's the opposite. You're blessed. You're blessed. Si, si, eh, si a uno le queda un insulto por el nombre de Cristo, uno es dichoso. Dichosos son ustedes si los insultan por causa del nombre de Cristo. Now, it's interesting that Peter would say this. Blessed are you if they insult you because Peter was with Jesus and no doubt there's an echo going on here in his head of that time when Jesus was on the mountain and he gave that sermon in Matthew 5, 11. What did Jesus say? Es un eco de lo que dijo Jesús en Mateo 5, 11. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Dichosos serán ustedes cuando por causa de mi nombre la gente los insulte, los persiga y levante contra ustedes toda clase de calumnias. So you don't need to be ashamed you're blessed if you suffer for the name of Jesus. And then in verse 16, we've got lesson number four, another command, another instruction. Do not be ashamed, that's lesson three, but praise God that you bear that name. Que alabe a Dios por llevar ese nombre. What name? The name of Christ, the name of Christian. Glorify God is literally what it's saying. Uh, the truth is, is that when we go through trials and difficulties, there's an opportunity actually for us to glorify God, to praise God, and to be a witness to other people of who Jesus Christ is. And las pruebas hay oportunidad para testificar de Dios a nosotros, para darle gloria a Dios. That's how the Apostle Paul rolled 
in Philippians chapter 1, we have Paul, he's writing from jail of all places. Filipenses 1, Pablo escribe desde la cárcel. Philippians 1.20, listen to what he says. This sounds a lot like he, he and Peter were on the same page. He says in Philippians 1.20, writing from jail in chains, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed. Okay, I'm not going to be ashamed. That's lesson three. Mi anhelo ardiente esperanzas que en nada seré avergonzado. But rather, here's what I'm hoping for, that I will have sufficient courage so that now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body. Christ will be praised and glorified in my body, whether it's by life or death. I don't care if I live or die. doesn't matter. just want Jesus to get the credit. Anticipo que Cristo será exaltado mi cuerpo sea que yo viva o muera. That was his desire, to be a witness for Christ, to have Christ praised. If I have to go through this, I want Jesus to get something out of it. That was his attitude. You know, I don't know how aware you are of how Christians around our world suffer. I don't know if you're aware that Christians right now in our world are suffering for the name of Jesus Christ in, in places where they do not have the freedoms we have. And what we here in our country hear from other Christians in China, in uh, Iran, North Korea, India, and now Afghanistan and other places, what we hear from those Christians is that when they suffer because of their faith in Jesus Christ, they praise God for the privilege Cristianos que sufren la China, la India, Afganistán, alaban a Dios por el privilegio de sufrir por su nombre. They praise God for the privilege of being beaten, imprisoned, having their stuff taken away, run out of town, and even killed for their faith. Alaban a Dios por el privilegio. In fact, did you know what the word martyr means? The word martyr comes from the New Testament word that means a witness. How willing are we to be witnesses to Christ even to the point of giving up our lives? That's quite a test. Que tan disponibles estamos para sufrir por el nombre de Jesús. So here's the bottom line that we've got here. Trials in the Christian life are going to come. You may say this message doesn't apply to me today because I'm going through life and life is good. Don't worry, it'll change. That's okay. La vida está bien. Dice, no, no, va a cambiar eso. Trials in the Christian life are going to come. You're either going into a trial in the middle of a trial or coming out of a trial. You've heard that said before, right? But we need to understand what those are. God is not punishing, but rather this is an opportunity to connect us closer to Jesus Christ and to learn lessons that will mature us in our faith. These lessons. Es una oportunidad para estar más íntimos con Cristo y aprender las lecciones para una fe madura. So, Peter says, don't be surprised at the fiery trials. No se sorprendan. And secondly, rejoice that you can identify with Jesus' sufferings. Alaben a Dios por identificarse con Cristo y sus sufrimientos. Third, don't be ashamed that you wear the name of Christian. No se avergüencen de ese cristiano, but praise God. Praise God that you can be a witness. Alaben a Dios. 
You notice there's two negative commands. Don't be surprised, don't be ashamed. No se extrañen ni se avergüencen. And then there's two positive commands. Rejoice, praise God. Alaben a Dios y alegrense. And, and you bring all of that together in this intensive course and there's still another lesson. There's a, a you could call it a bonus lesson if you want. Hay una lección de extra and it's really highlighted in verse 19. Those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Los que sufren según la voluntad de Dios, entreguense a su fiel creador y sigan practicando el bien. There's two commands in there. Commit yourself to your faithful creator and continue to do good. Entreguense a su fiel creador, sigan practicando el bien. Now we need to understand the context. This is not saying this is how you are saved. This is not how you're accepted by God. This is not how you're, you're forgiven, that you have to commit yourself to your faithful creator and continue to do good. It's not talking about earning. No se trata del mérito, de meritar el favor de Dios. This is because Jesus has already suffered for us. It's because he rose from the dead. It's because he's the faithful creator that we can commit to him in a response of love and then keep doing good. This is important. This is important because verse 17 says it's time for judgment to begin with the family of God and if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Es tiempo de que el juicio comience por la familia de Dios y si comienza por nosotros, ¿cuál no será el fin de los que se rebelan contra el evangelio de Dios? We're in this time where judgment, the Bible would say, is upon us and what that means is that the whole the whole course of human history is slowly but surely reaching its, its pinnacle. The times are going to be completed. Jesus talked about this 2,000 years ago and we're still heading towards it. Jesus habló de eso hace dos mil años. He said that, the, you know, when you see stuff going on in the world and earthquakes and wars and all this crazy stuff that goes on, that's just the beginning of the birth pains. Those are the contractions and convulsions that are going through the world that will give birth to God's new thing, the new heavens, the new earth, God's eternal kingdom. Son los dolores de parto, los problemas de la vida, son las contracciones que van a dar a luz al nuevo mundo de Dios, el nuevo cielo, la nueva tierra, el reino eterno. Someday, when we do not know it, it will be finals time. And Jesus will return. And when he does, Jesus is going to make everything right. He will establish his kingdom where there's no mourning, no sin, no pain, no death, none of that, right? Cristo vendrá y va a establecer su reino sin nada de llanto, de, de muerte. But before that happens, Jesus says, it's going to get better before it gets worse. Uh, worse before it gets better. It's going to get dark before the dawn. Se va a oscurecer y ponerse peor antes de ser mejor. Now, that's not to scare us, people. That's not to scare us. It's to motivate us. Eso es para motivarnos. What kind of people will we be? You see, verse 18 warns that there will be some who will decide to live only under pressure. Hay los que van a vivir solo bajo la presión. They're going to dedicate themselves 
like a lazy college student to a life of sinful luxury, uh, of doing what they want, addicted to their pleasures, and then test time will come. Se van a dictar sus placeres y luego viene la prueba. And they won't pass the test. It'll be too late. So the question that we've got here is what kind of student will we be? What kind of disciples will we be? ¿Qué tipo de estudiantes seremos? ¿Qué discípulos seremos? Will we be those that work and live best under pressure? If so, commit daily to your faithful creator and continue to do what is good. Continue to live for Jesus. If he comes tomorrow, just do what you're already doing. If it's good, you'll be ready. Si él viene mañana, pues hagan lo que han hecho. Lo bien. Vivan por Cristo. Just commit to your faithful creator and do good. I want to come down to this table because I think there's something here at this table that represents what we've talked about today. Jesus gave us the Lord's Supper for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons is to teach us. La Santa Cena nos enseña. Through this supper, we have an opportunity to identify with the suffering of Jesus Christ. Nos identificamos con los sufrimientos de Cristo. We identify with his body and his blood given for us. And we rejoice in that too. Nos alegramos en eso también. He died. He gave his life. And here we're also told that what Jesus has done 2,000 years ago is with us right now. He is with us. We have communion with him here, but also in our trials and in our pains, in our suffering. Tenemos comunión con él. And this also tells us that there's a future banquet coming. This is just crumbs from the table of the future expected banquet in the heaven of, in the kingdom of heaven. This is un, un saborcito de, del banquete del reino del cielo. And we need to praise God for that and not be ashamed to be witnesses. This feeds us so that we can do that, so we can go out and be witnesses this week, wherever we are, because there will be tests, folks. There will be assignments. There will be things that will come our way. Habrá pruebas. But as we come here today, in particular what I'd like us to do is to pray for our brothers and sisters throughout the world in other places especially where they are going through the fire of following Jesus Christ right now. Let's pray for our brothers and sisters in China, in Iran, in, in Afghanistan, places like that. Vamos a orar por los que sufren en otras partes del mundo. Let's pray that, that they may be found faithful to pass the test. And let's at the same time pray for the grace that we might pass the test too. Oremos por la gracia para que ellos tanto con nosotros aprueben el examen. So I want to share with you what Jesus said the same night that he was betrayed. He took bread. When he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, this is my body, which is broken 
for you. Take, eat. Do this in remembrance of me. La misma noche que fue entregado el Señor Jesús, tomó el pan y dando gracias, lo partió y se lo dio a sus discípulos diciendo, Tomad, comed, este es mi cuerpo que por vosotros es partido. Haced esto en memoria de mí. And then after they had supped, he took the cup. And he said, this cup is the New Testament, the new covenant in my blood. It is for the forgiveness of sins. Esta copa, dijo, es para el perdón de los pecados. Es la copa de mi sangre. As often as you drink of this, do it in remembrance of me. Cada vez que tomen de ello, haced esto en memoria de mí. I want to invite our serving elders to come forward at this time. And I'm going to give you a couple words of instruction. First of all, you will be able to stay right where you are and you will be served. This meal is for disciples of Jesus Christ. If you're a student of Jesus, if you've trusted in him as Lord and Savior of your life, you're determined to leave an old life and to follow him in a new life. Doesn't matter if you're on lesson one or lesson 500, you are welcome here. Si eres estudiante de Cristo, quieres seguirlo, si estás en lección una o lección 500, no importa. You're welcome. If you're not quite sure where you are in that and you're wanting to get on the road of following Jesus, but you're not sure if you've even started, today's a good day maybe just to watch and to learn and to ask questions. We would love to do that for you. So we're going to have the elders bring this to you in our prepackaged kits, and we'll have you uh, just hold them and wait for us to all share together in a